I, like I look at it as there's this uncon like every single one of us has unconscious information that we're carrying around and artistic expression is a way to maybe tap into that and get it out mm -hmm. without some of these intellectual mental filters where we're thinking we're not good enough or whatever it is. And so I, I think of what I do with the channeling as an expression of my unconsciousness. So I'm just kind of passing along what turns me on. What is that? It's the thinking outside of the box. It's breaking down the boundaries. It's it's uh -huh. the, the recognizing that all of our beliefs, uh, all these programs, all of these constructs mm -hmm. really shape the way that we see the world, the way that I see the world. Mm -hmm. And so what if some of the things that I just basically assume to be a given aren't? This is bonkers. Right. <laughs> all right. So Joseph Smith had an experience in the woods of New York. He actually had an experience with an extraterrestrial. He probed me and then different ones of them come in and all of them probed me. And I believe that it was the Asani people. There are those who believe that life here began out there. But only an account of this earth and the inhabitants thereof give I unto you. Earth is a grand experiment. Far across the universe with a council of gods whose work and glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. For behold, there are many worlds that have passed away by the word of my power, and there are many that now stand, and innumerable are they unto man. For as man is, God once was, and as God is, man may become. You wanted to learn how to integrate duality. You wanted to learn how to take light and dark and remove all judgment. Some believe that infants who die here become eternal gods out there. This is bonkers. Right. This is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. Who wants someone to preach to? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys. Who wants religion to? Mingled with humor. I don't believe in them. There will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with humor. We are evolving. Baby steps. You can buy anything this world of money. the good in everything look for the people who will set your soul free it always seems impossible until it's done look for the good in everyone all right welcome back to infants on thrones i'm glenn ostland and this is episode 814 Recovering from Mormon Programming in the Weirdest Way Possible, Part 1. And I say that this is Part 1 because I loved this conversation that I had with Ren, and I hope that there will be many others like it. And I say that this is Recovering from Mormon Programming because I acknowledge, accept, and, yea verily, even love many of the confusing and contradictory ways that Mormonism shaped my expectations of the world, with teachings like the worth of a soul being great, that existence is infinite, eternal, and populated by intelligences, whatever they are, 
that we're all on a path of eternal progression towards a more perfect state of love and understanding of others, that an attitude of charity is the best thing that any of us could have, all of these things that came from Mormonism, mixed in, of course, with many other conflicting and contradictory Mormon programs that were also drilled into me in my youth, like conditional worthiness, like wickedness stemming from coffee and tea, like feelings of superiority, separation, and exclusion from Gentiles because I was part of the chosen group or whatever. The idea that God won't acknowledge the veracity of a baptismal ritual if a few hairs float up out of the water. You know, this whole idea of unconditional love as the highest ideal that can only be attained by meeting necessary conditions with precise exactitude? Anyway, and I say that my recovery from this Mormon programming is happening in the weirdest way possible because I've started doing one of the weirdest things that I've ever done. And I've done plenty of weird things. For the past few months, I have, in my spare time, been channeling the Arcturian Collective thingy through my psychic connection to a ninth-dimensional Arcturian named Omra of the High Council. Huh? Yeah, I know. Pretty, pretty wild and weird, huh? And today I sit down with Ren to talk about it. And I love Ren who has a PhD in physics and for the past few years has been bravely transitioning from male to female and is just one of the most interesting, articulate, intelligent, beautiful souls that I've ever had the pleasure of sparring with. And this is a topic that deserves some intellectually rigorous sparring. So that's your episode for today. I hope you enjoy it. And if you're curious to hear the contents of my channeling, check out the podcast, The Arcturian Playground. A place to play in the realm of imagination. Of imagination. All done in the service of compassionate expansion of consciousness. Yes. It sounds weird. We know we would not have it any other way. Okay, so... Yes, so t- think- t- so so we started talking, and then you're telling me about the seminary video, and I'm like, hey, we should start recording this. What it's called, the blue vase. Yeah, I think it's called the blue vase. Um, it's about this like one armed guy who's looking for a job. And- <laughs> I don't remember this at all. The <laughs> and- seminary video about the one armed guy that's looking for a job. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So he gets a job at a lumber company selling wood, and uh, there's these other two salesmen who are like, oh, we hate this guy. We don't want him to succeed. And so like... Because he's know, got one arm. Because, yeah, they're discriminatory. Yeah, right, yeah. They're armists. <laughs> they're armists. <laughs> and, uh, and, but he does really well. And, you know, they, they, uh, they give him like a whole bunch of like really crappy wood to sell. And they're like, he's never going to sell this. And he sells it. And, uh, and they're like, dang. And so the main boss... Um, has like a, a final test for him um, to and all he has to do is go buy a blue vase that the boss saw in a window um, for like his wife's birthday or something and deliver the blue vase to his like train by like sometime like 9 8 9 p.m or something i don't know um but unbeknownst to the guy um the boss let these two other the two other salespeople like sabotage the task are, are they layman and lemuel 
Yeah, they're lame and lame. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> so they like sabotage the task. They they like uh, uh, make it so he can't find this blue vase. So he spends the whole day just looking everywhere to find a blue vase. Um, and he, he actually does it eventually. And he finally finds the blue vase and he runs to the train station and he, he gets to the the car where his boss is and he steps in and as right as he steps in, he drops the blue vase and it shatters. Oh. And he's like, oh man. And then the boss is like, oh, it was never actually about the blue vase. This was a test and you passed. And so now you're promoted to be above these two winos. <laughs> these two winos. Okay. Anyway. So, so the moral of the seminary story was don't give up. Even if I you think only it, have one arm and you drop the vase that you were assigned to do? Yeah, I think it was do whatever your boss tells you uh, and don't complain. Uh, oh. do whatever it takes. <laughs> so, so it's an obedience lesson. <laughs> yeah. Or that makes sense. Like that. Yeah. You that know. makes sense. But but so you were likening it to your this new situation at work. I don't know if you want to yeah, talk about no, that. No, yeah. <laughs> it, it, feels like, uh, it feels like I've been given the... The blue vase blue, task? Yeah. Oh, that's it's, funny. It's like impossible yeah but um we're we're surviving we're getting through it all right yeah so so what are we talking about today ren it's going to be kind of weird or i I don't know i'm looking forward to it because i always love when you put my feet to the fire and i've started doing this weird thing recently yeah that yeah i want to talk about so so you tell me what 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 do you have in store for me well i i uh i have a lot of questions about uh omra and Omra of the High Council of the High Council of the, yeah of the um, Arcturian collective thingy of the Arcturian collective thingy yes yeah yeah I mean it's not every day you get the opportunity to tap into that kind of wisdom that kind of um, source of uh, potential enlightenment maybe do you really feel that that it's a source of wisdom and potential enlightenment or are you kind of teasing me <laughs> i uh, of course think it's a source of potential enlightenment i mean what is enlightenment anyway it's okay uh, all right so right. like how, how anything is like a rorschach ink blot that could be a potential source for yeah fill in the yeah, blank yeah okay, yeah all right yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know uh if you are planning on uh, you you've had a lot of these sessions with the Arcturians and some of them you've released to the general public. And I think some of them have maybe been um, for a more limited audience. Um, I think they're all for a limited, limited audience, but I, I've, I've probably recorded 40 of them and I've released 35 of them. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's like, 14 people who listen and <laughs> and it, it's it's the arcturian playground where i've got this little podcast thing and i did publish one of them on infants on thrones and i don't think anybody knew what to make of it heads or tails because i didn't hear anything from anybody about it but i it's something that i want i like i want to talk about i want to share the ideas with people but it is so weird and strange and so with you and I having those email exchanges, which have been so fun, by the mm-hmm. way, I, I've absolutely loved it. And I'm sorry, I haven't had as much time lately to, to do them, but especially a month or so ago when we were doing it pretty regularly, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's just a fun way to play and engage. So, uh, so just to set the stage um, for, for any 
listeners of this podcast who also listen to Mormons on Mushrooms, episode 50 of Mormons on Mushrooms, they interviewed uh, someone named Kimber who reads Akashic Records. And that was probably June 2021 that that episode came out, I, I would think, if I'm, my memory serves. And so I eventually got in touch with Kimber and she's done two Akashic readings for me. And I've done a couple of classes with her, met some uh, people that are in her group. Uh, she's come in and talked with the coaching group. I really like her a lot. She's, she doesn't have any Mormon background, except that she grew up in Utah and she was friends with Mormons. And so she kind of knows a little bit about Mormons. But in one of these readings I was doing with her, she told me that I had a lot of Arcturian energy that I was connected to. Well, you're connected to the sixth dimensional and the, and the ninth dimensional Arcturian collective. So yeah, they're like the very advanced, highly intellectual beings that are basically the architects of the new earth. They're architects of the new world of helping bring that energy, but they're very highly advanced. So they might be a little quirky. They might be a little like their head and heart is the way I, they run more head energy, but they also have an open heart connectedness. What are stepping in right now are um, the council of nine. And so there, there are these nine elders of the ninth dimensional Arcturian collective that have been watching this next movement into the next space of where you're going in this lifetime. I like magical toys. Why not advanced intelligent life in the universe? So I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, so I'm connected to this from what she was telling me. And I, I take this all with a grain of salt but it's fun to play with these ideas. And so I said to her, well, I want to channel because I, I've, I've, I love channel stuff. I've been mm -hmm. listening to channel stuff for years. And she's like, well, you just got to try. So I, did, did you say that there was a particular Octarian being that said that would channel yeah. me if I wanted it? Yeah, there was an elder. It was one of the tall whites that came in and he kind of has a sense of humor and he's like, if he so chooses. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> so what what do I need to do? Um, allow and invite him in and actually create space for that. What you did with the toning the other night was amazing and continue getting in that theta brainwave state and allowing and just letting it come through because you guys already have formed a connection. Um, the toning does get you in the frequency of that. The more there, he's like practice. It's like an instrument. I'm just, it's just the same way as you practice your guitar of allowing yourself to get into that channel state. You already know how to channel because you're a musician. So you've already been channeling. Now it's a, just a different <clears throat> muscle. It's a different skill but you're, you're stepping into that. So it's practice, practice, practice. Allow it to come through. And the more you practice, the more you hone that skill. And then you get into that resonant state where basically you're merging energies, where your energy is going to step back and his energy is going to step forward more where your voice becomes his voice. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try. So the thing that I had you listen to, um, which is the first episode quote unquote of the Arcturian playground is the first time I really sat down and tried to 
to do it. And I mm -hmm. like, I didn't have any script. I didn't even know what my voice was going to sound like when I did it. Um, after I talked with Kimber and she's the one that gave me the name Omra of the high council. She kind of laughed when she said it. <laughs> Why is he laughing? <laughs> I don't think I've ever laughed. Um, why he's just laughing God, he has such a wicked sense of humor yeah well if it's a future version of me that would make sense, that would make what, sense. What, what do i call him mm, whatever you want but um i can tune in literally what does he call himself um the energy I'm getting, and I mean, you, if it resonates, great. If not, great. But I, what I hear is Omra of the High Council. Say that again. Omra of the High Council. It's like O M R A is the energy yeah. I'm getting. What, what's what's the High Council? Um, he's an elder, a council of nine. He's he's on the board, basically the board of directors. <laughs> Yeah. But but so I, I was I wanted to go and Google Arcturian because I'd kind of heard about I didn't really know mm -hmm. anything about Arcturians. And then I thought, but wouldn't that kind of be cheating? If I if I really could channel something, shouldn't I just yeah. be able to channel stuff? Like maybe what I'll do is uh, instead of Googling, I'll just sit down and start saying whatever the heck comes to me. And then I'll go and I'll look it up afterwards after I've got some material. So that mm -hmm. was kind of my approach. And it's uh, again, it's, uh, to me, it's artistic expression, it's playfulness. Um, but anyway, yeah, so so that, that's me setting the stage, Ren. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't really know what you want to do this afternoon if you want. Um, I want you to grill me like you usually grill me. Well, I, I like the way you grill me. I want to grill the, the Arcturians, Good. right? Oh. Like, oh, do you want me to channel? You, well, you want I, you want to you want to have an interview with Omra? I, that's yeah, right. Okay. I All mean, right. why? Oh my god! Why talk about like oh what they said? That's just going to be like oh, and then they said this, and then we think let's just go straight to the source. Um, okay, why don't you're going to need me to get in? The, I'm going to need to get in the the right state of mind to do that. So let's. All right. Why don't you ask some questions that can? Um, do, do you have any questions that aren't? prepared to talk directly to Omra. <laughs> um, well, okay, sure. You talk about how this is a, a playfulness, a, an artistic expression. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate. Um, I have always wanted to express myself artistically. Uh, mm. My partner is an artist and She's very talented and um, something I'm envious of that mm. she's able to like express artistically feelings that she has. Um, and a lot of times when I sit with my feelings, I want to do that. Like I, I, I feel them inside me in, in a, like a physical way. And I feel like I want, want to get the feelings out of me. I want yeah. somebody to, to see what I'm feeling, feel what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and is that how it is? Is that how you see this artistic expression? Do you feel like these are, are 
feelings within yourself that you are trying to uh, um, express, right? Um, yeah, and I and I would say even more than feelings, there 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 is a feeling component that goes with it, but it's mainly like thoughts. You know, it's it, it's not like voices where I hear a voice in my head, but a, a lot of times like if if i'm if i'm having a contemplative moment at, at at night i'm stretching or something like that or i'm doing yoga or meditation or falling asleep mm-hmm. i start i start feeling like i'm being lectured to or or like it, it it's real it happens really fast i mm-hmm. i call them i call them downloads and i don't really know if they're downloads or, or what they are but but it's it's like stuff about the universe stuff about life um thing things that i'm i'm sure having watched like brian green or david tong or you know any of these mm-hmm. scientists that i've talked uh, talked about before that it fuels these ideas and i'm trying to process them and put them together and it and it feels to me kind of like a lecture and so when if i'm going into like a channeled thing and i kind of did this with with quad you know and, and bathing mm-hmm. with god too Mm-hmm. Um, where it's, it's, it's trying to get these thoughts that are in me out more than feelings. It's, it's thoughts and to do it in a creative, playful way. I, I, I like when I did the Stephen Arasas Knudsen, the third satirical piece, that was, mm-hmm. that was me channeling this part of myself that was this really uptight Dwight Schrute type mormon return missionary <laughs> guy at byu that you know still read his white yeah. bible and couldn't get over himself you know because <laughs> i recognized those parts of myself that were in there so i i wanted to i did that for a for a byu class my senior year and i i've i don't know so when i do creative expression it's, it's really me reaching down to the different parts of myself and playing around with them it's just it's just fun to do that so it's it's been fun to do this with the omra and the arcturian thing where i mm-hmm. create a character that i i i put these I, I assign these characteristics like somebody that's totally compassionate and non-judgmental and knows mm-hmm. way more than what a human would know because they've been alive for millions more years than humans <laughs> and like these arcturians actually are part of a collective it's not just a single person Mm -hmm. um you know so i so i have this idea of what this would be and then i try to inhabit that like what would they say what would that be yeah and it's a challenge to do Mm -hmm. that and to try and stay consistent in that and then i do surprise myself with what i'm able to do when i get into that kind of creative flow state where i don't really care what somebody else is going to think about it if they're going to think that it's stupid even mm-hmm. though i've got like my own judgment about it so so and that's what i wanted to ask you ren when mm-hmm. when you're feeling those urges to express what you're feeling creatively what is it that that prevents you from doing it uh, a lot of self doubt you know yeah, yeah. um you know i feel like oh, i'm just not not good at this or it's just going to take too long to get good at this and well, I, I could do it, but, um, like, how's that going to change anything? Is it really going to like, um, make me feel different if I try to express this, you know? So I guess, you know, I'm just getting in way of myself 
preventing myself from doing those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, how much of your, um, how much of this, you, you mentioned that you don't really care what other people would, would think about it when, when you're kind of in this zone or whatever, but um, the messages <laughs> from the Arcturians and are these like universal messages uh, that seem to be intended to apply to other people's like lives, right? Um, yeah, but that that's been one of the, the the struggles that I've had with it, and kind of one of the challenges that it, when when you listen closely to what I'm saying when I'm doing it, mm-hmm. I keep talking. I'm talking to the man in the chair, which is me, right. Mm-hmm. You know, so so like because I don't want it to. I don't want to be somebody that stands up on a pedestal and says, "Here's the truth. Listen to me." Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> I, I, I want it to be like, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm processing. If this is interesting to you, go ahead and listen to me, but take it all with a huge grain of salt, you know, mm. and that that's how I engage with things too. And mm-hmm. it, it makes it easier for me to express when I'm doing it that way. than if I'm like, Hey, I'm the next Joseph Smith, listen to me, or, you know, something like that. Like I'm a prophet. You got to listen mm-hmm. to me. You got to o- obey you got to go get that blue vase, even if you only got one arm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, it's weird that you don't want that perception, but like, I feel like that's an inevitable perception for any of these like channeling experiences right not just you the perception but of somebody who's listening to it yeah yeah i feel like if if yeah i know and and that that's when i recognize oh i'm trying to control people's perceptions of what this is and that's outside of my control hmm. and and like when i'm trying to control it and then i like temper myself or i could you know like it i'm i'm inhibiting myself so that's been part of like that that struggle of like i recognize that I don't want to be accused of uh, the things that we've all accused Joseph Smith of, basically, <laughs> right? Like yeah. I, like I, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's how people will see it. I, and I just have to be okay with how they see it. All I can do is, as I'm, as I'm performing it, just keep reminding myself through the performance. And it's kind of like this playful thing where I'm, I'm talking to the man in the chair. I'm always talking to the man in the chair. This is only for the man in the chair. Mm-hmm. This is just for you, man in the chair. I'm not talking to anybody else. But if anybody else is listening, here, you know, you can be a fly on the wall for it kind of thing. But I'm not telling anybody what they should do, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. It's a tricky, it's a tricky line to walk, but it is. It, 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 it's been in the like I started doing this in April. And what this is August now. So what's that three months, four months? I've felt a shift in myself as mm. a result of spent, you know, like recording so many of these where I'll just sit down at night and I'll just start talking to myself. I'm just like recording it. And I'm just mm-hmm. I, and it's it has rewired my brain to become more compassionate and non-judgmental. Like seriously, when I'm when I'm sitting with somebody, whether it's in coaching or whether it's in anything else, like I'm, I am holding space in a way that I never have before 
where I, I can really take all of my egoic stuff and set it aside and just hold somebody in total compassion with like where they are and what they're talking about, which has always been something that I've wanted to do. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm really getting better at it. And this thing of channeling has been some, it's been like my Dumbo's black feather <laughs> that I, that I focus on and this act mm -hmm. of creation that has made this change inside of me. So, so the impact that it has on other people when they listen to it, like I, I, I get stimulated by ideas like this and I know not everybody does, but I, so I'm just kind of passing along what turns me on. Mm -hmm. uh, so stuff. yeah, the, the, the thing about this that stimulates you mm -hmm. is, is, is ex like, what is that? Uh, and when let's get mm -hmm. a little bit specific, you're talking about channeling, right? Like, yeah, the, this idea of channeling, it stimulates you. Um, and it's the thinking outside of the box. It's breaking mm -hmm. down the boundaries. It's, it's uh -huh. the, the recognizing that all of our beliefs, uh, all these programs, all of these constructs mm -hmm. really shape the way that we see the world, the way that I see the world. Mm -hmm. And so what if some of the things that I just basically assume to be a given aren't? Mm -hmm. And it, so it's pushing against the limits of what's possible mm -hmm. that, I, that really turns me on with this stuff. It's that outside of the box. Now there's a lot of art that does that, right? Mm -hmm. You yeah. you you could find the same thing through like reading a sci-fi novel or through uh, uh, yeah. you know, a movie or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so the the channeling, like, can you mention anything specific about it that that flavor um, is what's appealing to you, right? Well, from <clears throat> from the perspective of being somebody who likes to listen to channeled material, mm -hmm. it's that listening to somebody channel, like, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> like Wendy Kennedy, who channels the Ninth Dimensional Pleiadians, who I've been listening mm -hmm. to for mm -hmm. like the last year and a half, mm -hmm. um, still, like, I, I kind of... I I still can't totally predict what she's going to say, mm -hmm. but I, I have a pretty good sense of her cosmology mm -hmm. and it is so more expansive. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of like if, if you think about a, when, when you're thinking about world history mm -hmm. and before the Europeans came and did all the horrible things to the native Americans that they did, but, th but they thought this is it there's, there's nothing else on this planet. You know, like if you sail off the ocean, you're going to fall off the side of the, the earth or whatever. I mean, it's kind of mm -hmm. like where we are in the galaxy right now, where there's, mm -hmm. there's planets, most likely there's intelligent life, other places in the universe, mm -hmm. but we just don't have any communication with them. But what, what if we did, what if we imagined what we did, what would they say? What, and what would all of this be about? How do you tell the story because because our story of who we are is so um, closed off. <laughs> like there's this boundary mm -hmm. of we're the only planet that has life that we know about, and you know mm -hmm. that that's it. So when you're when I'm hearing stories from people that are channeling, like Bashar, I like Bashar as a channeler. Mm -hmm. Abraham Hicks, um, Cryon is another one. You know that they're mm -hmm. they're like. Um, we're going to, we're going to tell you what these uh, extraterrestrials or even people from not people, but 
intelligences that are outside of space and time, like the constructs of reality. Mm-hmm. That that to me is so interesting mm. because I, it just it it makes me bump up against just my skeptical mind. I'd go, "Is that possible? Could that really be? How in the world could that be possible?" And I like it. I I just yeah yeah. So that's what turns me on about it. And then I see from from the perspective of doing it, it's fun to create. I've always enjoyed creating, I and mean, that's why there's infants on thrones because <laughs> I like I like taking things that you know especially the the early infants on thrones episodes that had a lot of clips from pop culture you know it's, yeah I, I have this indexicality thing where i hear something it reminds me of something else and i put them together and then it, it becomes a new thing mm-hmm. and so i've been doing a lot of that with the channeling as well yeah i agree that the expansion of your scope and the expansion of uh, possibility that comes from a lot of these channeled messages uh, is very cool. And that's something that really rubs me the wrong way or irks me about modern life. Like you mentioned is the notion that human beings kind of the end all be all of right. The apex of evolution. Yeah. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that is bothersome. <laughs> but like um it, it's hard to escape that and so i do I, I it's nice to to find ways to escape it yeah uh circling back to like wendy kennedy uh yeah you know because you and i started talking to each other uh kind of around wendy kennedy you'd kind of put out an open call to everybody on infants on thrones like hey what do you guys all think about this and i would i was like this is bonkers right <laughs> Um, but how did you feel like one of the things you sent me from her? And I don't know if, uh, you want to share any of this or if it's something that's like it, honestly, I felt like, oh, this belongs in, in the, uh, the sacred of sacreds space or the holy of holy space. <laughs> like, like you need to, you need to, before you, cause you had shared some audio from her and, uh, I felt like it was audio that should only be reserved for people who have, yeah given her a thousand dollars so th- this is this is meat <laughs> instead of milk yes okay and it was the the galactic language uh or the galactic code language do you remember this the light language where she goes the light language yes so we want to do a a language of light attunement for you and the language of light is sources language and it's comprised of light sound sacred geometry and cosmic information so it's multi-leveled and it speaks directly to your soul your soul understands this it's meant to bypass the traditional language centers of the brain and it speaks directly to you all right so here we go just take a nice deep breath freaking love that when she does that it's amazing yeah that was i gotta say i'm just gonna be like out there with this like when you'd sent me that clip and because it's like two hours into the thing, she's finally it's like, at the, okay. at the end. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so the thing that the thing that I shared with you and, and anybody else who was in that Sergeant Prophets Open Hearts Club study group thingy that, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we got a f- good few months out of that. Yeah. Um, that uh, it, it, she was talking about 
intelligent beings from the Orion system that, I mean, it was kind of like the plot of minority report almost in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and then at the end where she was talking about these Orion energies and the things that happened with that civilization and parallels with where we are on our planet right now, she, she closes all of those because she does these monthly sessions. um, And at the end of all of her monthly sessions, she closes with the language of light, which is, it's like speaking in tongues, basically. It's, it's mm-hmm. some glossolalia type thing that she's really good at. Like I'm, I'm watching her do this and just like, this is an amazing way of expressing. And so I can tell you're having a hard time with this, Ren, every time I'm selling, telling you that I like it. <laughs> Have you ever been in a church where people start speaking in tongues? No, I don't think so. Have I you? went to one in Indiana. Did yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. And uh, boy, Pentecostal. Was, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 that was a, an experience. I don't know. I it, studied it, you know, so, so like, oh, really? I, um, but I, I never, I never witnessed it in person. So like, I, I listened to interviews, I watched videos and, you know, things like that about people who did it, but I've never actually mm-hmm. done it in person, except, well, actually when I was 16 years old, I went on a date with this Catholic girl oh. whose brother had become a Pentecostal and wanted her to speak in tongues. And so she was telling me the story. I mean, this is, this is who I am. Like at 16 years old, what are most guys doing on, on a date? You know, like we, we, we went to my old elementary school. <laughs> we went to the playground, we climbed up to the top of the slide. And then we talked about God and, oh, the, and wow. the universe. And like, we weren't making out or anything like that. It was like, wow, let's talk about deep stuff. And so she's telling me about this time that her brother performed this kind of ceremony on her that made her speak in tongues. And I'm like, can you do it now? She's like, I could, but I'd feel weird. I'm like, do it, do it, do it. And so she did speak to me in tongues. I'm like, that is so weird. That is so cool. Wow. Yeah, so that's the, that's the only time uh, that I can remember <laughs> with that. But yeah, yeah, so the Wendy Kennedy light language thing you thought was strange. Yeah, I, I did. I, I, um, I was listening to it and I just, my face, I just had this, my face froze with this grin of just like, whoa yeah this she really went there this is this is it um and uh, it's one of the things i love about it is just how weird it like it just it just sets you back and you're like that makes no sense at all and so then using that as an example so then i'll take why is it that that doesn't make any sense to me like what is it that she's doing she she she's doing what i'm doing right now in pushing air out of her mouth and shaping like when we speak, we're shaping air molecules with our biology. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's shaping them into these unintelligible frequencies and sounds and stringing them together that, you know, like if I was speaking Japanese, it would sound like that to the untrained ear. And so yeah. she's saying, this is the, this is the, like, she doesn't call it the pure Adamic language, but it's the same kind of idea. Right. It is the same <laughs> like, kind of idea. This is yeah, the yeah. language of light. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, so instinctively I, I want to just be like, this is, I don't need any of this. This is, I'm done. Right. Um, and And yet yet you soldiered on and here we are. 
yeah, yet I soldiered on. Here we are. And, and I, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this I don't know what yeah. I'm to, because it's not, it's, it's not like, it's not any different than what anybody else decides to do with their life. I, that's a weird statement, but like, we're all humans trying to figure out why we're alive and what the hell's going on. (laughs) And, And there really are like no rules right like like the except the ones that we make up and agree to yeah yeah so so i don't know it's um if if somebody wants to go have these channeling experiences i guess that's i mean nothing i can do about it does is there something there for me um i have a mind that's very uh wants to take things apart right yeah and i want to i want to i know i love that about you yeah it's it's, it's really really good yeah i just want to like figure out why this is happening what what are the consequences of this going on you know and and where did this all begin and why are other people being drawn to it right yeah and so I think about those questions a lot. Um, I don't really have like answers, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's fun to think about, fun to ask questions about. It's fun to engage with that in 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 yeah. your own way, you know. So, know. so you have specific questions for Omra? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got lots of specific. Okay. Questions. All right. Okay. So you want me to do the Omra thing? All right. All right. So I'll tell yeah. you the way the way that I do this. <clears throat> It'll take it'll take me a minute because I mm-hmm. I do this toning thing where I, I go uh, and that kind of gets me into the, mm-hmm. the mood. And I'm telling you, when I know that I'm doing it for you and that people are going to be listening to this, I get way in my head. <laughs> uh, it's so much easier to do it alone. Uh, yes. Yes, we are here. We are. We are the... Arcturian Collective Thingy. Hello, Ren. Hello. You have some questions. Please I do. proceed. I do. And I have these questions uh, with the utmost, I want to say respect. Um, I don't know if you, uh, uh, I don't know what your notion of respect is for the Arcturians, but um would you like us to tell you our yes yeah yeah Uh, respect is uh, allowing things to be exactly as they are yes okay and uh, for the for the arcturians for for you to understand who and what we are, it is not the kind of uh, respect that you experience 
in human form, for we are not uh, in human form. But the idea of respect is that we will not enforce our will upon another. We will not uh, attempt to uh, change anyone else's mind, uh, change their will. We respect who they are. And the reason that we have this deep respect is that we have a deep trust in the nature, the shared nature of all. Uh, we recognize that all things are truly one thing. Uh, all things are different expressions of one thing. We are speaking of the source energy that forms all things. Uh, this source energy that is itself intelligent and alive and existing in multiple forms, every possible form that you can imagine that you experience is this source energy. And it is all doing different things. Uh, therefore, the differences we expect when we see it and we respect whatever it is that we see and we trust that there is no way that this source energy truly destroys or threatens anything for it is all part of the game if you will it is part of the uh, deep desire that source energy has to experience all things that there are to experience and we honor and respect that uh, this is this this is our form of respect right i see that sounds very similar to perhaps the notion of love but um that wasn't one of my prepared questions i just threw that out there but uh now that you mention this kind of understanding that all things are one that separateness is an illusion um i'm wondering how deep that goes uh, on earth here, our best understanding uh, of things, uh, there's this thing that we call the, the Pauli exclusion principle. <laughs> um, and it's the, the, the principle that fermions uh, uh, cannot exist in the same energy state uh, as another fermion, that they have to be, ex there has to be separateness um and so do you exist in a realm that doesn't have a poly exclusion principle no we exist in a realm that perceives through uh, many more filters of perception than are available to you so as as you and your greatest the human minds explore the nature of reality. You only see it through your, uh, your own biology, what you are able to perceive of it. And you come up with theories and uh, you test them and they are consistent for you are uh, consistently seeing the limits of your own perspective. Th there, there is not 
separateness, even in the case that you are speaking, there is an interconnection between these fermions. Is, mm -hmm. is that the right word? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There is interconnection be between them that makes them what they are. You said something earlier about the illusion of uh, separateness. And illusion, uh, and any word that you use in the English language is terribly insufficient. And illusion makes it sound as if it is not real. It does not actually exist. And of course it is real. Of course it exists. It is that it, it limits your view. It focuses your view. It filters your perception in such a way that there is much that you are unaware of. And because you are unaware of the interconnectedness of all things, the very individualized experience, for example, of every cell in your body, which is a living thing and has its own unique individual experience. It has its own way of perceiving its environment around it, and it has its limits of perception, just as you have your limits of perception. And this is the nature of reality at every level. There are living configurations of this infinite intelligent energy, which there are times when it is in a form which is incompatible with another form of itself, but this is part of the game and the dance, like uh, the positive and negative sides of uh, magnetism, but it is all still the same force. So you mentioned that the Arcturians are inside, they're, they're essentially made of a, a finer material than... The Arcturians are made of the same material that you are made of. Mm -hmm. What, what, I you have made the statement that there's this this finer material in your body that you that maybe I can't sense with my five senses, um, but maybe I have other senses that can sense this finer material. Um, I'm wondering if you can tell me what you mean by finer material. Yeah, we might use uh, the language of subatomic energy and say that you have up quarks and down quarks and any other labels that you want to place upon the finer energies, which are what you are made from and what we are made from and what all things are made from. Okay. Um The all the things that you described just now, all the things that we're made from, um, like you mentioned, uh, we have a very good understanding of how we perceive all of those things. So uh, uh, all of those things are perceptible by men. Were you... To what degree do you uh, believe that you have a good perception of them? 
and a good understanding of them. Can you communicate with them? Yes. And what do they tell you? Uh, they tell us that uh, they have to obey uh, the poly exclusion principle. <laughs> um, that they that they tell us that there are behaviors that they have to abide by within a certain range of existence yes within certain limits and outside of those limits if you think of uh, different dimensions of existence or different densities of existence mm -hmm. you are aware of a small fraction of a third dimensional existence and you do not know what outside of that would be like you do not you cannot test for four dimensional or five dimensional or six dimensional existence this is what i'm seeking greater light and knowledge about <laughs> present yourself to the veil <laughs> what it seems like you have the ability to test fourth dimensional existence sixth dimensional existence and i'm curious as to what that is like or what if it, if it, is it possible at all for me to to perceive it in any way? Is is it within my understanding to know what fourth dimensional existence is, sixth dimensional existence? Not in your current configuration, but it, the, the the question really hinges upon what you mean by you. Mm. Who who are you referring to? Uh, are you referring to the parts of yourself that are these subatomic quarks because if that is what you are asking then they are already aware and they are already communicating with all things but you are not aware of it but they are you so which is the you that you are really asking about is is what is known as the egoic or the personality and there are quite intentionally by design filters which keep your mind focused on uh, your current experience as an ego and a personality there are ways to uh, loosen uh, allow the ego to loosen the grip on its sense of itself and come into more harmony with your own uh, inner intelligent system, your uh, central nervous system, for example, your inner self, if you wish to call it that, the times when you become more aligned and in harmony with your own body. But this is not the same thing as your egoic mind being able to process and comprehend a fifth dimensional or a sixth dimensional existence etc in a sixth dimensional existence 
are there things like we mentioned respect earlier are there things like values is there yes what makes something good and does what makes something bad in a six dimensional experience what makes something good and what makes something bad is the agreement of all of the entities which are in harmony with each other so for example we are a collective we the arcturian collective thingy in similar ways that your all of the trillions of cells in your body communicate together to form uh, you and the portion of you which is your ego your cells in your body have an understanding at an individual level and then also at a collective level of things which are good for you or things which are bad for you and these are habits of nature which have evolved to be beneficial for you in one way or not beneficial for you in another and you use words and labels and ideas such as good and bad to explain these we do have a version of that at a sixth dimensional uh, existence but it is not a stark contrast between good and bad there are factions there are collectives which hold on to certain values for example we might say that respect is a value that the arcturians share in common and there are other groups besides the arcturian collective thingy that also share uh, a desire to respect other forms of life which uh, they encounter and interact with but they might express that respect in different ways than we do the, the most distinct difference between those which you might call good or you might call bad uh, have to do with the service to self versus service to other there are factions which because all things are source energy all things that benefit source energy are good things there are things that benefit source energy that you could look at that say it is exploiting another aspect of itself it is ignoring it is abusing it is uh, not looking for the mutual benefit of all it is looking for the self-aggrandizement at the expense of others and you might call that bad we at higher dimensions understand that this is also a valid form of uh, worship if you would call it worship worshiping the the one and taking care of the one uh, it is simply a path that is uh, doing that at the exclusion of others for there has not yet evolved within that entity an understanding or an appreciation of the uh, interconnectedness of all and there is still potential for growth this is what we refer to as involution rather than evolution involution being the uh, increase of conscious awareness of who and what you are which also increases 
as a result of your biological evolution as the human brain has evolved to become more aware of itself and, and self-reflective and self-aware. And you will continue to become more aware as your technology increases, as your understanding and your progress increases. And at some point, you, in the not too distant future, you will recognize that you already are a collective. You already are deeply energetic, energetically connected to all things. And it will become, what will change is your awareness of what is, not what is. And what you call good and bad will also undergo changes as your involution, your awareness of things changes. Mm. We do not know if, if this is a satisfactory answer for you <laughs> or not, Red. Mm. So, um, in one of your messages, you mentioned that. Uh, Anything you do is compassionate as long as you are acting out of compassion. That is a beautiful tautology. We mm -hmm. will claim it. Okay. And so, really? With a, with a smirk. <laughs> with a smirk. For it, it highlights the inadequacy of language. Mm -hmm. But it is, it is true. It is absolutely true. Is it really true? <laughs> yes. What what do what do, what do you see as an issue with it? Well, I think that there are a lot of people who feel strongly that they are doing something out of compassion, but their acts are not compassionate. Well, there you go. You are saying that they are not compassionate, although they call themselves compassionate. So you are saying simply by calling something compassionate is not the measure of compassion, but it is uh, something else. Well, how would you measure true compassion? I would measure true compassion as... Uh, improving the livelihood well true compassion for me is freely giving to someone in need um yeah that's what i think uh that's what i would say freely as opposed to what other kind of giving? Giving with uh, uh, expected... Um, ah, so, so giving without any uh, quid pro quo requirement. Yes. Yes, giving without... You, you are not expecting anything in return. You are freely giving mm -hmm. to someone in need. Is mm -hmm. this anyone in need? And yeah. any any need? Hmm. Mm. 
I don't think any need. No. What you described uh, to us, we would consider simply uh, as earlier you made a connection between love and what we were describing. Mm -hmm. We would say that what you just described is unconditional love, where you freely, without any conditional expect expectation, give to anyone in need, anyone without condition, any need, without discrimination or judgment. And we would agree with you that if you were to do that, then you would be doing that. And if you call that <laughs> compassion, then compassion is what you would be. Very good. And, and we, we also acknowledge and admire this drive that you have in yourself to aspire to be a person who freely gives to all in need. And if that is something that you truly can attain as you're aspiring to unconditional love, you will have a wonderful existence. Hmm. It is in exploring your own conditions, your own limits, when you say, I will not freely give in this case, in this case, I will give on condition and you ask yourself, what, what are these conditions that I have created for myself where I am withholding something? Or is there anyone that I can look at in this world who is not in need? Is there anyone? Starting with your own self. And do you freely give to yourself? Do you recognize your own needs? Do you recognize the needs of those around you? And are you freely giving of them? So this is a wonderful question that you asked us. We thank you. Um, you also uh, mentioned that, you know, humans are on a journey um, much the same way that the Arcturians were on a journey. And it's a journey. Of That's the, all life, all life, uh, yeah. all, all existence. Yes. Yeah, a journey that is an exploration of the intellect. Um, what is that? An exploration of intellect. Yeah. Well, what, what, does it, what does it mean to explore intellect? Well, what is what? What do you consider to be intellect about the product? of another mind or your own mind and what better way to spend your time than to explore what is to explore the thoughts to explore the expressions to explore the output of existence when existence conforms itself in such a way that you have a human brain which is, has the byproduct of uh, what you would call intellect. Explore it. Explore is a word that to the man in the chair who is providing the performance here, to him, exploration 
contains within it a, an exuberance, a, a hungering, a thirst, a desire, which is mirrored in life's own desire to continue evolving. It, it's this constant exploration, this desire to experience and to do so with this excitement and without uh, judgment or uh, expecting what you will find if it is freely explored, openly explored, which is a challenge for you to do, for you all carry with you very strong biases, which confirm and uh, shape your expectations and therefore your experiences. The more that you explore, the more that you are able to adjust and change your biases and become more open to reality outside of your own expectations of reality. For truly, all that you really ever are experiencing are your own perceptions and your expectations of those perspectives. Okay, I only have um, a couple more questions, if that's okay. That's fine. Do you know about the human Bruce Lee? The, the man in the chair <laughs> is our source of information. <laughs> and uh, we cannot share anything that is, uh, he cannot put words to. Hmm. And there, he has a basic understanding of Bruce Lee, but not uh, very deep. But give it a shot. Let's see what we can do. I had this, I, I learned about Bruce Lee when I was a, a kid, and I really looked up to him because I had seen like a documentary or something. Um, he died mysteriously, right, um, when filming uh I think it was the game of death. Uh, and um, uh, it was it was quite perplexing because he was, by all accounts, a super healthy individual. Um, and I had this hypothesis uh, when I was a teenager that Bruce Lee died um, because he learned too much. Um, because he, he, you know, figured out everything you needed to figure out about life and then just died. Um, can something like that happen? Like if you were to, you know, learn too much or gain it, it feels very much when you talk and, and give your messages to the man in the chair that life has a, has a, a, a teleology to it, that there's, uh, there's a reason for people being alive. And if you, if you find that reason, are you, are you done? No. You're never done. 
you are never done and the uh, you never can find out all there is to know even we as an arcturian collector thingy we have been aware of ourselves as a collective that uh, spans multiple species of life from multiple planets and multiple solar systems we are a collective that uh, knows far more about the nature of reality than you do and we still do not know it all and there is no termination as the the prize for discovering more knowledge it is a very interesting story that you created around bruce lee which says far more about your own mind about your your fears uh, your views of the world than it does about anything else and that is part of the intellect that we enjoy exploring and taking that inwards to say what well, what would that tell you about who you are and we would say that de death is not the end and this uh, figure that you look at as Bruce Lee is like the uh, flower on a large uh, energetic tree which is interconnected with other inter energetic trees <laughs> and the experience that formed Bruce Lee and was informed by Bruce Lee continues in many forms which you have no sense of. People talk about a soul or a spirit as if they know what they are talking about. You do not. But the closest that uh, we can explain it to you from our understanding, and again, we will tell you that our understanding is based upon guesswork. We do not know all things, but we are quite confident at what we believe. And the nature of a soul is the nature of intelligent systems, which... Uh, propagate and perpetuate over time. And these, these are energetic, intelligent systems, which is what you are. And when your biological body dies, the energy that is you, it does not die and it does not leave. It is difficult for us to explain to you what existence is like when you step outside of the uh, structure of space and time, for you are deeply inside of space and time. And it appears to you that one moment 
appears and then disappears as you move forward in time, moment by moment. But when you are outside of the structure of space and time, they are all ever present in front of you. And what is even more perplexing is that it is not a simple uh, linear progression of one moment to another, but it includes all potentialities that could exist. So when we look at a space-time diagram and could say, here is the birth of Bruce Lee and here is the death of Bruce Lee, you can give specific dates. And we could look at different times in the life of any person. And we can fast forward and we can rewind and we can uh, place our own consciousness into the consciousness of Bruce Lee and experience what it was that he was experiencing in that moment. And we could look at a, a choice point and he could either make a right turn or a left turn. And within the fabric of space-time, there does exist both potentialities all potentialities. He could also hold still. He could move backwards. He could jump upwards. There are many things that he could do. And we are able to experience all of those things, for they all do exist. But in the form that you are in, you cannot see it or experience it, for that is not why you are here. You are here in, in part to create the infinite potentialities as source energy continues to explore itself and existence in all forms that could possibly be. So there is no uh, fear of gaining information that at some point might have you translated, to use a, a word from your Mormon background, that you attain a certain degree like Elijah or Moses or perhaps the three Nephites, and now you uh, are something other than human. Is it possible for something like that to happen? Well, obviously it is possible, especially when you recognize that imagination is a form of reality and is a form of existence. And therefore, if you are able to imagine something, there it is. Okay. So, you have mentioned that uh, the truth of the universe is all one truth. Is that right? The universe? Uh, all universes? The yeah. truth? The yeah. truth? Yeah. Uh, the truth is ever expanding. Mm -hmm. The truth is infinitely expanding. The truth is the compilation of all things that exist. Mm -hmm. Can all that truth be circumscribed in one whole? Yes, it is. All of that truth is circumcised into one, <laughs> circumcised into one great whole, we shall say. <laughs> yes, even Arcturians have Freudian slips from time to time. Oh, wow. Okay, but uh, yes, that is what uh, the in in the Mormon understanding of things. This is what the highest degree of the celestial kingdom would be, which is uh, the level of existence of source energy, source energy, which is 
all things. If if you think of uh, at the level of atoms or the, the subatomic quarks that we mentioned earlier, the source energy is all of those things. It is aware of all of those things. It is aware of the impression that all of those things make on everything that it comes into contact with. There is constant uh, interaction and communication and awareness. And at mm -hmm. that level, all experiences of all of these varying pieces doing all of the things in all of the universes and all of the potentialities and everything that exists is circumscribed into one great whole. And that is the understanding and the great love and compassion and uh, desire for exploration of source energy, which is the creator of a soul. It is what we all are. So there's nothing outside that hole. What could there be? Well, um, once you circumscribe the truth into one hole, like you mentioned, it's ever expanding. So doesn't something have to go outside the hole in order there for is it nothing, to... There is nothing to go outside of. Uh, you are getting lost in language, in these <laughs> semantic uh, failings. You see, well... There, this... there is nothing to go outside of. It is all things. Excellent. Those were all of the questions I had prepared for this afternoon. Um, I don't know if there's anything else uh, you would like to impart before you leave. Well, I'm going to jump in here. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to tell you a story. When, when I was a kid, um, I'm the oldest. I, I've got a brother that's five years younger than me and a sister that's 10 years younger than me. And with my little brother, when we were growing up, <laughs> I'd play this game with him very much similar to what we just did, Ren, where I told him that I had the force and I could channel Star Wars characters into my body. And I'd go, hi, Jeff, this is Princess Leia. And he would get so embarrassed, like his face would just turn red and I'd have conversations with him as if I was Princess Leia. One time around uh, Christmas time, I really wanted my brother to rub my feet and he would not do it. And so I did, ho, 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 I'm Santa Claus. Hi, Jeff. I've been preparing a lot of presents for you. I hope you're going to be good this year. Boy, my feet are so sore. Oh, I'll rub them for you, Santa. Ho, ho, ho. So it was really funny to me when I started recognizing that as I'm channeling Omra, <laughs> I'm continuing this thing that I started as a kid where I'm playing this game of channeling stuff. And it's fun to do. It, it, it's awkward to do it when I'm, when, again, when I know I'm being recorded for a podcast. <laughs> but, but like I, I, I've um, talked with some people who have been channeling for a long time and they talk about a difference between conscious channeling and unconscious channeling. And they're like, I would love to get to a place where I can unconsciously channel. 
Mm. where I'm not like ever present because as I'm listening to the questions that you're saying, and I'm listening to the things that I'm saying, and I'm like thinking, I, I get in my own way and I can, I can tell a difference. Like when, when it's late at night and it's just me and I'm recording it, there are times where I just talk and I go into the stream of consciousness that if I start thinking about what I'm saying and is it making sense, it pulls me out of it. Mm. But if I just kind of like let it flow, and then I go back and I listen to it and I expect that it's going to be just gibberish and it isn't, I don't think it's gibberish. So I, I do, I, like, I look at it as there's this uncon, like every single one of us has unconscious information that we're carrying around and artistic expression is a way to maybe tap into that and get it out mm-hmm. without some of these intellectual mental filters where we're thinking we're not good enough or whatever it is. And so I, I think of what I do with the channeling as an expression of my unconsciousness. And if the things that Omra says about the nature of reality are actually correct, and Carl Jung was correct, <laughs> then our unconsciousness is pretty much connected to everybody else's unconscious. Mm. And that would include Arcturians if there are Arcturians. And, you know, so I, it, it, it gives me space for plausibility mm-hmm. at the same time, like, not putting any eggs in these baskets, except where it's these messages about compassion, which I love that you asked that question. That was cool. <laughs> that was really cool. I like to spend time on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had a good time. <laughs> All right, Ren. <laughs> I, I do want to know a lot of more like uh, stuff about like, about, the Arcturians, right? The lore of the Arcturians. Yeah. I mean, um, so, so, and me too. And I, and I still have refrained from uh, consuming other people's Arcturian channeling. Cause I just don't want to hear, I don't, mm. I don't, I don't want to be, there's only there, there's only one book that I've read that is by Tom Kenyon and what's it called? It's, it's, uh, I really like Tom Kenyon. He's, kind of amazing with what he does with music and sound healing. Um, I'm trying to find the title of this book, but I, I did start reading that after I'd done about 20 of these. And I thought it's called, it's called the Arcturian anthology. (laughs) And it's told from the perspective of like multiple Arcturians who are like protecting the solar system. And they talk a little bit about their history and some things. And so as, as he was talking about the Arcturians and that, I'm like, Oh, I had some stuff like that come up. Hmm. 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 But I don't know. But, but again, it's still kind of like these, these generalized principles that anybody could, Hmm. that's like saying it needs to be this and this and this and this, these are, these are my, uh, determining factors. And so there's only a a limited number of things that it could be in in creating it. So I'm not saying, look, this proves that I'm channeling Arcturians, but it, it does, it does feel fun. (laughs) I'll put it that way. I would love it. I would love it. If I find out someday that I really have been channeling Arcturians, that would be awesome. (laughs) I would love that. That would be, that, yeah, that I would, would love cool. it, would but, but j- just kind of giving myself permission to play uh, around with it. There just haven't been many people to play with. Cause it's so mm. weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Well, cool. 
Well, I gotta go uh, find a blue vase. So All right. <laughs> okay. And you and you've got two working arms, so this should be no problem <laughs> no for you, Ren. I got it. <laughs> Great. Yeah. If you ever want to do this again, let me know. There's, oh yeah. There, there's a lot of Arcturian playground content, and like the first, I, I did a seven part series, which was kind of like I called it Arcturian history, and mm-hmm. I was trying to come up with like what's the history of these people. And, and it was an interesting exploration, but I was still kind of like pretty rough with a lot of it. And then mm-hmm. I did a second seven part series, which was about Mormon origins, mm-hmm. which was really like for me to explore the different aspects of myself, my own mind, how I feel about Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, mm-hmm. Sidney Rigdon, Oliver Cowdery, Emma Smith, you know, I, I did these things on them. And that was fascinating. I like, mm-hmm. To me, again, I don't know if other people would find it fascinating or not. Do you find, uh, like, anytime I try to write something or come up with a story, you know, I end up just like, uh, like this is just like Star Trek, and like, you know, <laughs> like I just oh, write, gosh, like, yeah, oh, this is just well, the, yeah, and 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 because of my folklore training, like I recognize tail types and I recognize motifs, and mm. I mean, I. I, I don't ever expect that I'm coming up with something that is whole cloth originally from me. I'm, I'm putting, it's like a sausage grinder, you know, like mm. everything that I've ever come into contact with in my life, as I'm doing this creative thing, I go like, I, I wasn't all that happy with the Omra voice, if I'm being quite honest, because <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks since I've done this. So I'm kind of out of practice mm-hmm. with it. But, but when I listen back to it, I'm like, Oh, I hear a little bit of Alan Watts in that. I like magical toys i hear a little bit of george harrison in that i mean in creation the whole of creation is perfect we are made of that thing i hear a little bit of obi-wan kenobi in that luke you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view and then like the the mess the messages i'm like oh this is like that this is like that and it is yeah it's, it's all this like pastiche of all of this unconscious stuff that i've absorbed throughout my life that i'm trying to like channel out and push out in a way it's like what would a compassionate intelligence that is connected to source energy and knows much more about this than i do actually say and how can i really say like answer any question like what was the question you asked me about like the fermions yeah like i don't know about any of that shit i don't like (laughs) and i and i don't want to make stuff up either you know like but so. Yeah, and I didn't want to like. I'm I'm not trying to like be like. Oh, the, these Arcturians. Oh, that didn't work because you can't guess. Yeah, can't, yeah. I'm thinking of a number Arcturians. What is it? <laughs> right. Ah, right. that's not. You're not. Oh, real. No. You can't really read my mind. It's 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 it is about like the 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 illusion of separateness. Like, is separateness? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I tell you what. I mean. I, I know you've listened to this and we've talked about this before, but that David Tong theoretical mm-hmm. physicist about uh, quantum field theory. So there is spread everywhere throughout this room, something that we call the electron field. Okay, it's like a fluid that fills this room and in fact fills the entire universe. And the ripples of this electron fluid, the ripples of uh, the waves of this fluid get tied into little bundles of energy by the rules of quantum mechanics, and those bundles of energy are what we call the particle, the electron. 
All the electrons that are in your body are not fundamental. All the electrons that exist in your body are waves of the same underlying field. Okay? We're all connected to each other. It's like you know, the waves uh, on the ocean all belong to the, the same underlying ocean. Uh, the electrons in your body are the s- ripples of the same field as the electrons in my body. Uh, to me, like when I saw that, it just, uh, I thought that, that really makes a lot of sense to me. Mm, right. And so according to that, we are all literally connected mm. by this stuff that we don't really know what it is. We're still learning. Yeah. 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 Still learning. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the things I love about you, Ren, is like social injustice, like mm. the issues about social justice are so important to you. And that, you know, I, I think that's where I, I don't know if I could say that I've ever won you over on the art and stuff, but like <laughs> you asked me a question once about like, can, what is it that would, uh, so part of the Arcturian story is, is that they evolved to a point where they kind of connected their minds together, mm-hmm. kind of like the Borg from Star Trek or like, I, yeah. I really do think that this is, I don't know how many years away, but I think mm-hmm. with what we've done with the internet, with like as quantum computing gets more advanced as we have nanotechnology, mm. you know, th- there's, it's just a matter of time before these phones that we're holding in our hands are more like contact lenses, like you see on black mirror or mm-hmm. even implants in our body and, and our external technology. And then our internal technology that's been evolving for way longer than you know, like our external mm-hmm. technology, it just kind of like fuses and becomes one. Mm-hmm. And that we really do have like access. We can read each other's thoughts. We can feel each other's feelings. We are all a collective like that. And I remember you saying, why would that ensure that, Yeah, you know, things, things get better in this world. Right. Like, because then like, you can't hide like, like all this hiding shit, you know, like all, all the stuff that's come up recently in the news mm-hmm. about bishops that aren't reporting when, you know, mm-hmm. people are coming to them with like serious crimes and, and the Mormon church having this helpline that really is just to kind of shush things. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to do that for much longer. You're not going to be able to, to hide these injustices against people. And I just don't, I think we're seeing it already with the internet mm-hmm. where more is coming to light and we're struggling with it. But I, I, I think, so if I, if I imagine a world where something like that would happen, mm-hmm. I, I think as you start truly seeing another person as yourself, because if I do this to you, I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm. If I kick you in the face, I'm feeling somebody kick me in the face. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, why would I do that? Mm-hmm. I, I think it naturally incentivizes everybody to do what's mutually beneficial for all. Mm. And that yeah. that's, that's, that's like a story that has come very visceral to me as I've been playing around in this Arcturian stuff and really trying to inhabit this fictional perspective and to think, what would that actually be like? And mm-hmm. that just makes a lot of sense to me. Well, that's certainly, that's certainly hopeful, but like you said, I'm, I'm not won over to that. Oh no. And it doesn't, decision. it doesn't excuse the way that things mm-hmm. are in the world right now. And it's not there, mm-hmm. but it it's just kind of more incentive to me to say, well, why wait? Why wait for the technology to bring us together where it's just undeniable that we're all the same? Why not just start treating 
people like that right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, we know without having to connect our brains. That, that Zion, baby. That kicking somebody in the face is just kicking yourself in the face, you know? Yeah. Like, one heart the, and one mind, Zion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith uh, was getting his transmissions from the Arcturians. Yeah, maybe. Some of them. weapons that you use against yourself. You don't need them anymore. Lay down the weapons that you use against the world. We don't need another war. Put down the weapons that you use against yourself. You Hi, this is Hillary. Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Dashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune into the scene between the eyes and take a breath. Thank you for listening to Infants on Front. I sit still and watch the thoughts flow past me. Never mind the future, never mind. I like magical toys. I don't believe in them in the sense of uh, thinking they will help me in the competitive games of life. But when I see a figure of the Buddha seated on his lotus throne with an aureole behind him, an incense burning in front of him, I feel something glowing warm, civilizing, humanizing, and also mysterious. It's very hard to say what it is or to put your finger on it because I don't think it would be there if I could. The, especially the Mahayana form of Buddhism has spread a kind of warm glow all over Northern Asia. It's such a, a bane such a sophisticated religion. It doesn't harass you with preachments. It doesn't pursue you. It doesn't make a busybody nuisance of itself. And yet it fosters the arts. It fosters compassion and concern. But not of the kind of concern for people that shoves what is good for them down their throats. And it's so, it's so roomy, that's why it's called the Mahayana, the great vehicle or the great course. It has so many different ways in it, so many different practices. 